and these cloudy, colorless, cold days of January, there is the Big Ten basketball season, where, where anything can and usually does happen. Each Big Ten team is alike, either happy or unhappy, but each is unhappy or happy in their own unique way. We're talking Michigan, Michigan State on the other side. First meeting of the rivals on the hardwood took place in East Lansing on January 7th. It was a, uh, let me find the score, a 59-53 victory for Michigan State. Really a tough one to watch, in all honesty. It wasn't wasn't the prettiest game. I was going to say that, but uh, I actually was going to hold off just because I didn't want to take anything away from <laughs> Michigan State's victory. Oh, yeah. I do think, um, real quick, uh, just uh, be fair to both teams. Their defense, both teams' defenses look really good since Big Ten play. Yeah. Especially Michigan because their defense uh, their defense look, look bad in yeah. that time. Uh, I would say, well, Michigan State's hard to say, too, because of injuries, Malik Hall. And, but uh, I, I, I don't think defense was ever a weakness for them, but it just seems like it's gotten better as they've gotten healthier. Yeah, when they were on a winning streak. Uh, I'll get into it in more detail, but, yeah, when they – when they allow fewer than seven than seventy points, their record is uh, really good. But yeah, it it was good defense. I think there was also quite a bit of sloppy offense. Uh, we saw both teams have their fair share of air balls, fair share of air balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan had ten turnovers. Michigan State, I believe, had twelve. So the whole not, game, not horrible, oh. but you know, both teams reaching double digits. I would have and, uh, uh, guessed more by the eye test for both teams, right? <laughs> uh, the offense did pick up in the second half for both teams, like yeah. especially Michigan. I think uh, Michigan State played good defense the whole game, uh, but in the first half, Michigan, some of it was definitely self inflicted, and then foul trouble with uh, both uh, Jet Howard and Doug. And uh, Michigan State definitely took advantage because once those guys went out, that's when they got their lead and started building on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big three for Michigan State in this game was Hogard, Walker, and Malik Hall. They they carried the weight of the scoring. Uh, Hogard and Hall with 15, Walker with 14. And Hogard especially had timely baskets. I think that was the main thing was um, – how he was able to get into the lane and also he he made quite a few mid-range jumpers and even made a three-pointer which doesn't happen every game and he he only took the one three-pointer that he made that's also a big a big thing and it it came on a night when Hauser was only one for seven from three but he had an effective game with 10 rebounds still scored seven points it was a game where Sissoko only scored two points I was I was disappointed in him on that because they ran a couple sets where he got the ball and could have scored, but didn't. His only score was on a, a lob off of a pick and roll, which was really well executed. But there were other plays that were ran for Sissoko where he just didn't finish the play, and it was it was upsetting. But uh, the Michigan State bigs, uh, I thought, uh, played well against Dickinson. Um, Dickinson, he only had four in the first half. And even with finishing with 18, he never dominated. Though I do think he recovered in the second half. Yeah. 14 points is almost as much as Michigan scored in the first half. Um, They were just kind of more consistent than dominant. Um, And I thought Izzo made a really good uh, point. He said that State sometimes doubled, sometimes dig, sometimes did nothing. He thinks the last couple years they went on a steady diet of something, and it wasn't very good. I thought he said he – he said, I thought we did a pretty good job. He's a load to handle in there. Mm-hmm. And what I took that as is they kind of changed it up as the game yeah. went on rather than just picking something and sticking with it the whole game. Because mm-hmm. in the past, when you have those big guys who are just 
cheat codes in the in the paint. Izzo does like to, you know, if he he likes to take the approach of if this one guy's going to beat us, so be it. But we're not going to let him pass out of a double team into a wide open three. So yeah, they they did switch it up a little bit because I think especially in last year's games, it was mostly just. I think Dickinson had like 25 the first game and 30 in the second yeah, game. Yeah, like he he was feasting. Uh, they won the first game. Uh, State did, and Michigan mm. won the second game. And I really thought it was silly of Izzo not to double more in that game because Michigan's perimeter shooting was not good last year. Yeah, there's a reason they went and got Joey Baker. <laughs> like I, I I think the last year they should double that Chrysler. Yeah, and. I would agree with that based on the results of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably think, well, he got 25 on the road and we won. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, major takeaway from this was um, from the Michigan State side, they didn't play pretty. They definitely didn't play their best game. But like I said, when, when push came to shove, they made the plays that mattered. I was a little disappointed that they didn't – they, they built up a 12 to 14 point lead at times in the second half and Michigan was still able to stick around and not really be a threat of winning the game, but make it uncomfortable. Well, they made me State. believe at points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I felt like um, Michigan State towards the end was just trying to run out the clock and I felt like Michigan was trying to win. And when roles are reversed, <laughs> like in Iowa, <laughs> which I'll get to later, I don't think that's ever... You never want to yeah, take your foot off the pedal. Yeah, um, but that gets me to my only two bright spots. The only things yeah. I really liked about Michigan was one defense, and um, if if this was the only game, I'd say it was an ugly game. But they've been playing defense better in several games, uh, and then that they didn't quit because there's definitely times where I was like, "Am I going to have to turn this off?" But then they'd go on a run. Yeah, um, uh, they were abysmal on offense, though. They shot just 35% and only 15% from beyond the arc. Yeah, three of 20. Yep. Um, they only made two catch-and-shoot jumpers all game. Who do you think did, made those? Uh, the catch-and-shoot, I would say Jet. Nope, Dickinson. Ah. Of, the, <laughs> of all the people. I know, um, I know Dickinson made one of those three-pointers. Yes, he did. He he He's not like a real threat necessarily from there, but he can. He can make, he can make, make one. Yeah. Uh, and, and. State shot better, but Michigan held them to 38% overall shooting, but uh, 32% from beyond the arc. And I think that was a real story. Yeah. If Michigan just wasn't outright abysmal from there, even if they make two more, I mean, maybe it goes to overtime. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was silly um, calling that foul on with like 0. .01 seconds left. I was like, just – in the game uh for michigan fans it was kind of annoying because not too long before that they review a targeting call in the college football playoff yeah and it's like like especially for that it's like don't review it if you're not gonna call it either let the game in or call it like (laughs) uh but it was it was kind of a funny moment because you saw msu and michigan players joking about it at midcourt which i I think there's more respect between the basketball programs than the football programs currently. I was worried about that because it kind of felt like that was getting chippier the last yeah. couple of years. And I know, I know Izzo like, made a quote about that or something about like, uh, the football. No, no, about the basketball and how. Yeah, he wa- he said he wanted the fans to be like crazy, but do it with respect, you mm-hmm. know. And he, this goes back a long ways. I remember when when Beeline was at his peak in like 12 and 13 and 14. Uh, I think it was before the first matchup in 2013, as said, you know, we don't like him. Uh, he says, do I respect them? Absolutely. But do we like them? Not one bit. And I, I think that's what Izzo has mostly done. I know I know Dickinson's on that stupid Barstool podcast, but um, I, th- I think Dickinson behind closed doors has respect for Michigan. Well, State. apparently they call uh, the host called uh, Izzo a Nazi. Yeah, he, called, and, he he said Izzo was literally Hitler. Oh, is that what? Yeah, that's and a I direct know quote from Dickinson the round had ball. to say something. Yeah, I mean, you have. If I were Dickinson, I would. 
I don't know if he's making NIL money off of that. He probably is, but I would not want to be associated with them. No, I, I don't. I actually. I mean, first of all, Barstool is the douchebag capital of the world. <laughs> and second of all, like that. it's not a good podcast. Like I've listened to it a little bit. Which it, bar is it? Like Barstool? It's round ball. Them? It's no, it's round ball. So they have a few, uh, like Jordan Bohannon's on it a couple times. Uh, so they do have current and former Big Ten players, but that doesn't mean you know ball like. The players yeah. do, but the hosts do not. Okay. Um, was Barstool the one that did the call me daddy or whatever? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I'm not a fan of Barstool at all. Anytime something shows up in my Twitter feed and I can't read it because this is unavailable and it's usually because I have them blocked, it's almost always a Barstool account. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, same with me. But uh, that's like call me daddy is like the worst um, – podcast i've ever oh call her daddy maybe call her daddy that's weird it is it's uh two hot chicks that say kind of yes it was a barstool podcast <laughs> it was just <laughs> but they have two really attractive ladies that talk about sex and y'all y'all are weird as hell <laughs> <laughs> they um, need to be bonked because they are way too horny um and then one, one key for michigan state um malik hall he played 23 minutes off the bench so those are kind of starter minutes but when you look at bench production michigan state got 15 from malik hall and michigan got five from reed and two from cheddar so yeah michigan michigan state's bench players really just because just by way of malik hall coming off the bench michigan state had the advantage off of the bench looking at yeah this uh sorry i've so looking at uh terrence williams numbers i'll get into that later and this this game was a week ago now so there's, there's been a lot happening since this game happened. yes yes um uh, um but i was going to say well, well one we were talking about the fans i uh uh gus johnson pointed out the tcu shirts worn by <laughs> that <laughs> so was, that was silly yeah so when uh state comes to chrysler all the fans will wear uh the shirts of the team michigan state played oh, yeah. in their bowl game I'm... <laughs> everybody's gonna be shirtless <laughs> oh I was going to oh, say, well, I was going to go to a game shirtless anyway, but uh, I was going to say there's probably, um, probably quite a few Michigan fans who have middle Tennessee state shirts. somewhere. <laughs> so. I, I've actually told people I own one. I don't, no. I, I just want them to think I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. I'm uh, going through my notes just to make sure I didn't uh, miss anything since we've been kind of jumping around yeah. so much. Um, <clears throat> we jump around like Wisconsin going into the fourth quarter. Man, I don't care if we go off the topic. <laughs> Luke Fickle, Wisconsin Fickle. might be a, a they, they might be a team to reckon with going forward. Yeah, I feel like this is a sidebar, but it's related to Big Ten, so it's it's an outside hire for Wisconsin, which I wasn't sure was possible. Yeah, I mean their fans, uh, as good as Wisconsin has been, there's always felt like there was a ceiling at a certain point. Yeah, and uh, Luke Fickle broke it. I wasn't sure. If, I mean, it's still Big Ten. Country, the Luke Fickle recruited a lot of Ohio and Pennsylvania. And even though Wisconsin's not incredibly far, like I wasn't sure if he would be able to pull some of those players over there. Yeah. And I mean, he's gone outside that region too. He got a good US, USC transfer. They just got uh, Jeff Petrowski, the defensive end transfer for Michigan State. Well, I, was, I was sad to see him go, but when you look at all of the defensive ends that Michigan's really all the defensive linemen period that Michigan state's bringing in this off season and Petrowski's coming off an injury. It made sense, but man, I do hate to see Wisconsin uh, get a dog like Petrowski. <laughs> um, uh, I don't have a whole lot more to say. I do think the next game will be a war in Chrysler. I think so. And I could see uh, my prediction early would be, Similar, but their scores flipped. Yeah, I would say the key, and uh, this is what a month away now. It's uh, Feb it's like the third weekend in February. But I would say the key to Michigan State, if they're going to win in Chrysler, uh, Joey Hauser hitting threes, momentum um, too. The momentum, way, yeah. Which way? Well, how does each team season continue to go? And yeah, if things can fall apart or uh, get going. Uh, also, I mean. Some of these young players, uh, that's something I want to hit on. Doug McDaniel and Jet Howard, this wasn't their first road game, but I think it was their first road game in this kind of atmosphere. 
Um, and I also think it was the most physical defense they played all year. And I, I think that's another thing that reason why Michigan scored 35 in the second half versus 18 in the first half. I think they kind of had to get used to the fact that they might get hand checked or bumped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know if they played many teams that did that before. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we can, uh, we can go to the next segment though. All right. On the next segment, we're going to be talking about quite a few Michigan state games. They had road trips to Wisconsin, Illinois, and they also hosted Nebraska, which feels like a long time ago, but we're going <laughs> to be talking about Michigan State next on the Paul Bunyan Podcast. As previously stated, this is the Michigan State segment. Four games to get to, really three since we covered the Michigan game on the previous segment. But yeah, Michigan State on Friday night, they saw their seven-game losing streak come to an end One in train. Illinois. Oh. Yeah. Oh, did I say losing streak? Yeah, you said losing streak. Whoops. Hopefully they're not starting a losing streak. (laughs) Uh, So, but working back to the first game of this four-game stretch, Nebraska came to town at 8-6. and I was a little bit worried about this game because I actually thought Nebraska was playing some pretty good ball, and I wasn't able to watch it because I I was at a conference, but I checked my phone and saw Michigan State up by 20 right before half, and I was extremely pleased with that and when i went back and watched it it looked like they just everybody did their job very well uh particularly when you break it down by a half by half basis tyson walker set the tone early he scored 16 of his 21 points in the first half and then you look at jackson kohler getting involved having his highest scoring output with 10 points uh you know akins was shooting Okay, he only made one three-pointer out of five, but he shot four of 12 from the floor. He, he scored nine points. Hogard, you know, even though he only had four points, he had nine assists and three rebounds in 30 minutes. And uh, going down the line, because a, a lot of people played in this one, so when you just look at the box score, it's hard to determine who was where. Uh, Pierre Brooks, who's having a rough stretch right now, and I'm kind of concerned about that. But against Nebraska, he came off the bench, played 10 minutes, shot three of five from the field, two of three from three, grabbed two rebounds, had an assist, scored eight points. That's really good production from Pierre Brooks. That's what I want to see him get back to because he didn't score against Michigan, didn't score against Illinois. He might not have scored against Wisconsin. I'll have to check the box score on that one. But, yeah, this was just a a solid game. Um, Sissoko with five and ten. I'm okay. I'm I'm very happy with Sissoko having that type of production. And then you look at the trip to Wisconsin. He had six and eleven. That's the type of production you need from Adi Sissoko. You don't need a double double because the scoring load is going to be handled by Hogard, Walker, Hauser, and Hall. Like two of those four guys are going to handle the scoring. You just need Sissoko to be on the floor grabbing rebounds and uh, just being a defensive presence. And I feel like he was that against Nebraska and against Wisconsin, somewhat against Michigan, but he didn't have the double-digit rebounds like I'm always looking for. You look at just the shooting percentage, and you see that uh, Michigan State outshot uh, Nebraska by 6%, but that doesn't tell the story because uh, everything else, they kind of dominated them. Three-pointers, 32% to uh, 12.5%. Way better free throws. Even though Nebraska went to a line 20 times, they only made eight of those. Yeah. Michigan it, State out-rebounded them by 17, mm-hmm. had two and a half times assists, and then the turnovers were even. Yeah. There's the story. I feel like if Michigan State is even with a team on turnovers, that's really an edge for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Izzo mentioned that before the game, that Nebraska was a bad free-throw shooting team, so they were willing to live with Nebraska getting to the line. And, frankly, a lot of, a lot of Michigan State's rebounds came off of – missed free throws it's it's pretty difficult for an offensive team when when the defensive team really wants to get the missed free throw rebound they usually get it mm-hmm. so i feel like michigan state plays so aggressive that if you're even with them on turnovers you're probably losing the game and you're probably losing by a lot right so and that's exactly what happens ended up being an 18 point win but michigan state controlled it throughout very happy with that game um as far as I know, Nebraska came in healthy, and uh, that that was another point that I missed about the, the Michigan State-Michigan game was it wasn't pretty, but both teams were coming off of good games, Michigan with the Penn State win, Michigan State with the Nebraska win, 
And even though Michigan was missing Jalen Llewellyn, both teams were relatively healthy or as, as healthy as they've been. So it, it was kind of like two teams playing as well as you could ask for right now. And Michigan was really coming off of two good wins when you take into account. Yeah, Maryland. Maryland and Penn State. Llewellyn being out is probably actually, especially in the long run, it's going to be good for Michigan. It just leaves them very young, but he was yeah. playing so poorly, it just forced Howard's hand. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's a similar situation with Illinois, but you look at uh, their point guard, Sky Clark. He was like a four- or five-star freshman. He left the program to step away from basketball, and I'm, I'm really not trying to imply that he was like holding the team back or anything, but Illinois went from 0-3 in the Big Ten. Now they're 3-3. and mm. um, But I, I don't know that situation nearly as well. I don't want to like imply yeah. that Sky Clark was doing something wrong. He's a very talented dude. Uh, so – Michigan State rebounds from the Nebraska win with, uh, you know, the tough, gritty win over Michigan to follow up. That moved them to 11-4. And four. and um, it was one of those wins when the, when the NCAA tournament looks at your resume. It doesn't help you as much, you know, but you want to beat the teams that are even to you, especially your home games. You want to win those ones. So yeah. uh, coming into that game, Michigan State and Michigan were, like, almost dead even in the uh, – uh, total record. Yeah, in the damn, I'm forgetting the uh, Ken Palm. Oh, Ken Palm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were almost like dead even in Ken Palm. So a road win would have done a lot for Michigan, and it would have maybe not hurt Michigan State. Well, I think that, that was much. our takeaway going in was that it was Michigan State's game to lose. Yeah, and uh, they didn't lose it. So uh, that that bumped the winning streak. To I think six. they were favored by five or six. Yeah, and I, I it was what... it was four and a half. And uh, on, on, that was on betting sites. On oh, Tom. gotcha. Uh, on betting sites, it was four and a half. And that's two, why they called the late foul. Two free throws. Yep. <laughs> yeah, watch exactly. out for those refs with the, the betting. Uh, DraftKings and uh, what's the other one? Uh, DraftKings. Uh, uh, there's the Barstool one. There's um, DraftKings and there's, there's so two, many. There's two big ones, though. But I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm shows how much we we are as better. <laughs> First, FanDuel. FanDuel, yeah. yeah. Uh, going into Madison, Wisconsin was ranked number 18. They were 11-3. And, and uh, we knew going into the game that Tyler Wall wasn't going to play. So I kind of expected Malik Hall to have a similar output as what he did last year when they went into Wisconsin and won by double digits. Because as Malik Hall said after the game, if Tyler Wall is not playing, there's nobody on that team that can guard me. Tyler Wall is the only one that can, which is funny because normally, you know, a player coming off of a big game is going to be like, nobody on your team can guard me. But he said, Tyler Wall can guard me, but he's not playing. So, <laughs> um, but Wisconsin, this this was a really tough one for Michigan State, and I thought it spoke volumes about the maturity level of this team and how they are a different team from last year. I know as it stands right now, their record is worse than it was a year ago, and Michigan State – around the first week of February, that's when they started to really lose uh, momentum. And you could see the lack of leadership and focus and maturity on that team. But I do think it's different this time around. Even even though they have a worse record, they played a much tougher schedule to this point. Um, this was a game where, like, Wisconsin came out shooting really well. Uh, they've they finished 9 of 23 from 3, which is uh, almost 40%. That's Shooting 40% from three is all, almost going to win you a lot of games. It's going to win you most games. Yeah. Um, just uh, uh, recalling this game, I remember Michigan State hit their first two threes, and there were opportunities for Michigan State to go up 10 nothing at points, but they missed uh, some fast-break opportunities. And Wisconsin, like I said, they shot well. They had multiple people going. Uh, like Crowell finished with 19, Chucky Hepburn finished with 14, Connor Asesian finished with 13. But Michigan State, I, I think Wisconsin's biggest lead was five or six. Michigan State was just always around, and this was just another game where when the moments really mattered, their experienced guys stepped up and made it, particularly A.J. Hogard. The last six minutes of the game, he was incredible. Michigan State's last missed field goal was with nine minutes left in the second half. At that point, after that, yeah. they didn't miss a field goal, which is <laughs> insane to think about, especially especially being in Madison. The Troll Center. The Troll Center. 
like I mentioned, this was a game from Mati Sissoko that you take this game 100 times out of 100. Six points, 11 rebounds. And you might look at it and you might say, you know, well, he's got his man, Stephen Crowell, scored 19 points. But Stephen Crowell had to take 17 field goals to get those 19 points. What that's, is, that's not very effective at all. What is Wisconsin ranked? Are they ranked? They were number 18 going in. Because they are number 57 on Ken Palm. It's weird how much the AP poll and like Ken Palm and the, like the BPI, uh, the Basketball Power Index, disagree with each other. Um, not not quite as much as you would think. That's an outlier there. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what Wisconsin's schedule is, who their 11 wins have been against, if all four of their losses are against the only four good teams they played. They're ranked lower than Michigan. That's crazy. I, they, I don't know. I've watched a little bit of Wisconsin ball, not that much, but I feel confident saying they're a better team than Michigan. But anyways, um. Looking at this game, Michigan State turned the ball over 14 times to Wisconsin's five. You know how we said, like, if, if Michigan State's even with the team, although, yeah, I see Indiana's beating Wisconsin right now. I wonder if they're uh, just kind of a – they've had a soft schedule and now it's, like, showing up. Now it's, yeah. Um, if Michigan State's even with the team on turnovers, they should win. Well, uh, they were nine under uh, against Wisconsin, and I think Wisconsin had 27 points off of Michigan State's turnovers. So how do you how do you overcome a twenty seven point turnover differential on the road against a, a tough conference opponent who's ranked? Uh, well, what they did was they out rebounded Wisconsin by 15, 33 to eighteen, and Michigan State missed one free throw all night. They were sixteen of seventeen from the line. Um, and just looking at Wisconsin's numbers, they only gave up three offensive rebounds to Wisconsin. In the past, Wisconsin has been a really tough rebounding team. Yes. Like they're just one of those boring teams that's like sound defensively. They clean up on the glass. And so for Michigan State, you know, they gave Wisconsin a lot of extra possessions through turnovers, but they made up for it by not letting them have extra possessions off of the offensive glass. Is that middle management looking guy still their coach? Greg Gard? Yeah. <laughs> uh, who calls him? Somebody calls him the silent assassin. And it's, it's annoying. Um, uh, Wisconsin's best wins is a three-point win over Iowa and a one-point loss to Kansas. Yeah. Um, And it looks like they beat Maryland by five, but they only beat Minnesota by three. Like, I don't know. They lost to Illinois. They lost to Michigan State, and it looks like they're about to lose to Indiana now that they're hitting the tough part of their schedule. Yeah. I don't know how good they are. We'll see. It's always tough to – I mean, Michigan State's really the only team that I, like, watch, watch. So, <laughs> the only one I can really, like, it, speak on. As we get deeper into college season, that's when I really start doing my watching is once college football season's over and, like, conference play starts. So, we're at the beginning of where I start. I want to say last Saturday. It might I think it was last Saturday. I watched yeah. not just Michigan, Michigan State. Like, my whole Saturday was watching college basketball. Nice. Going from CBS to the ESPN. I think FS1 or Fox Sports had some. Yeah. Uh, well, Michigan, Michigan State. Was that on Fox? Fox? That was on Fox. Yeah. Uh, and then just uh, this was a game where the scoring was pretty evenly distributed. Aikens had 12. Hogarth at 10. Walker at 13. Joey Hauser led the way with a quiet 20. Uh, he, sh- he only shot three three-pointers. He was two of three. What he did really well was uh, something that if he did this last year, it would have been a bunch of turnovers. But he just took his man down low, made some moves in the post, and hit a hit a, a shot close to the basket. In the in years past, I would have said the less time the ball is in Joey Hauser's hands, the better. Like I would just prefer he catch it and he shoot it, and that's it. But he has really changed the narrative on his game this year. Uh, he's he's looking very confident, very efficient, and. Uh, Maybe Michigan State's best post scorer, uh, at least until Malik Hall is fully healthy. Um, yeah, just a really solid win. And, yeah, like uh, Pierre Brooks did not score, uh, just to touch on a, a previous note that I made. Is he a freshman or a sophomore? He's a sophomore, but he didn't, he didn't play a whole lot as a freshman. I remember when he was a recruit. Yeah, I, I, I like his game a lot. Um, but it's hard for another guard to break in when guys – when Walker and Hogarth are playing so well and, like, Akins didn't have a great game. You might look at the box score and be like, he had, you know, 12 points and, uh, you know, shot it well. But he had four turnovers, and a couple of them were really bad. And uh, 
didn't play great defense. So even though he, he had the 12 points, it was kind of a rough night and a, a rough road trip for uh, Jay Nakins. But, yeah, I thought that win said a lot about Michigan State's resolve and maturity. A road win. Yeah. Uh, follow it up on Friday night with the game at Illinois. A very popular team. Uh, opposing basketball teams like Illinois. Their fans are very respectful. <laughs> their coach is very respectful. That's right. Uh, their football coach is also a very nice guy. Neither they, one of them get in the medium scrums or tweet stupid things. They've been relevant for a long time. <laughs> they've made lots of Final Fours since 2005. <laughs> Just uh, kidding. All those things are wrong. <laughs> how many Final Fours have they made in the last 30 years? I know they made it in 89 and 05. I can't really say about anything else. I think they may have made it in 90 as well, something like that, but... Thirty years ago is ninety three now, so. Oof. <laughs> uh, I know they made it in 05. I don't know. I don't know if they I made actually like that ones. team too. Oh yeah, D Brown uh, was sweet, even though he he dominated Michigan State. But we we got him the last time in the Big Ten tournament in 06. We finally beat him. Um, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just remember really looking forward to it was 05, right? Uh, Illinois versus North Carolina. Yep. And uh. Uh, no, that North Carolina team compared themselves to the going to work Pistons, and I just that Carolina I made, team had to play Michigan State in the Final Four. I just remember it felt like those two teams were the best two teams all year, and it's nice when those teams yeah. meet up. Unless it's Gonzaga and North Carolina, or Gonzaga and Baylor, because then it just doesn't live up to the hype. It did not. Um, <laughs> talking about Friday night's game for Michigan State, they, they saw their winning streak come to an end in a 75-66 loss. It was a lot closer than that. There's no way that I would believe Illinois is nine points. Illinois is nine points better than Michigan State. Um, What's disappointing is this was a game that Michigan State had for the taking. They led at halftime despite being 0 for 2 from 3 and only having four fouls called on Illinois at halftime. Uh, so to, at that point, to be up four at the half, I was I was almost thrilled with it. Um, <laughs> Michigan State led by as much as nine at points, but for the most part, they had a seven-point lead, and they just, they just failed to – step on the throat you know uh sorry i I gotta tell you why i was laughing okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry joe i didn't mean i didn't mean illinois has been to final four four times we're 89 05 when do you think the other two times were i don't know like the 30s and 40s 51 and 52 all right i don't even think basketball was around in the 30s (laughs) i know state's first final four was in 57 there's nothing wrong with going to final four in the 50s but like (laughs) like there's a big gap yeah yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> shit, I don't remember what you, you, you said. You, they failed to step yeah, on the they throw. Failed I am to, sorry. This was a game that Michigan State had in hand. You could talk about bad officiating in almost every game. And yeah, there was definitely some. What, what bothers me about officials is the ones who uh, are not consistent. If you're going to let them play physical, let them play physical. I'm fine with that. I prefer that. If you're going to be touchy, then I don't like it, but I'll accept it if the whole game is touchy and it just ends up being a free throw fest. Don't love it, but I'll accept it. It's bad TV. It is. But what I hate is when it's changing from like a a minute to minute basis where sometimes you're letting them play it out and then sometimes you're calling it when it's barely any contact. Just be consistent, damn it. Like don't be – and also figure out what the hell a charge and a block is. Like, A.J. Hogard had a charge called on him, which I didn't like, but I understood how it was a charge because he lowered his head, uh, which he had been doing a good job of not doing, but he did, and they called it a charge. I didn't like it because the Illinois player was still shuffling his feet, but as an offensive player, you can't lower your shoulder like you're, like you're a running back, and A.J. Hogard is a bigger guy at point guard so he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt but like three possessions later tyson walker is standing there in the prime position to take a charge he's outside the half circle and uh dane danger just blows through him just puts his shoulder into his face and they call it a blocking foul and that pissed me the hell off it's so stupid that they can't just call it consistently it's the easiest thing to do and you guys are so bad at it and uh you should die Anyways, well, they will one day. 
hopefully soon. Uh, <laughs> but that's not why Michigan State lost. Michigan State lost because they were 0 of 7 from 3. They didn't really emphasize it as part of the game plan. I mean, they were getting to the basket easily at times, so I understand. Uh, but And then also only four assists for Michigan State. That can't happen. I expect A.J. Hogard to have almost double-digit assists every night. So for the whole team to have four assists – uh, that's just not good basketball. Illinois had 11 assists to five turnovers. Michigan State had four assists to nine turnovers. That's bad basketball. And I, I don't think that'll ever happen again. I didn't think it would ever happen at all. Uh, but yeah, Michigan State, if, if A.J. Hogard scores 20 points, there's not a game that Michigan State should lose. And he scored 20 points on Friday night, and they lost. And looking ahead, They've got a big week coming up. Purdue's coming to town on Monday. Rutgers on Thursday after that, and then they're at Indiana. That's not an easy three-game stretch. Like, your easiest game in that stretch might be hosting Rutgers, who, like Michigan State, has a lot of experienced players. Maybe they're not great at anything, but they do a lot of things solidly, and they just they just went into Purdue and won. So Monday, hosting Purdue, that's going to be a key game for the Big Ten title, which Michigan State – I think if you look at this team, you do see a Big Ten title contender, and that excites me. But uh, a game like Friday night might come back to bite them in terms of trying to win a Big Ten title. Yeah, when you have a chance to win and then you don't, yeah. when it's, things are this tight. On the road against uh, uh, arguably the most talented team in the Big Ten. Not the best, but they've got dudes. And, uh, again, it was, a, it was a game where multiple Illinois players went off. Terrence Shannon had 15 points in the first eight minutes. Should be a Michigan player. And then he only had two points the rest of the game. <laughs> I'm never going to stop being right at uh, Matthew Meyer, uh, the transfer from Baylor, just killed Michigan State. Man. And uh, Dane Danger, another transfer from Baylor also. Like, the, Illinois just had multiple guys going it when early on it looked like it was just going to be Terrence Shannon going. And I was like – I'm okay with Terrence Shannon exploding if Michigan State's coming back and having like multiple guys score because that one guy's going to break down. But then Illinois had other guys pick up the slack. Uh, the biggest takeaway from the Illinois game was Malik Hall missing the last eight minutes with a foot injury. Man, he, he was just working back from injuring that same foot. So you really hope he's okay, really hope he can play. Uh, from what I heard, he's he left – not in a walking boot, just in regular shoes, and uh, said he was good. But, you know, we'll, I'm going to be anxious until any any word comes out or until the ball tips off on Monday and we we know for sure. But uh, that's that's really all I got for Michigan State on this And morning. Illinois just uh, stole Baylor's roster because Baylor's bottomed out. Yeah. What, 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 do you have any idea why people were bailing on Baylor? Well, I, I mean, even, people – People have been bailing on Illinois a lot, too. Yeah. Like they've had some talented freshmen just up and leave the program. Well, some of them, too. Uh, like Luke Goody. Uh, who was uh, Miller? I know he was. Yeah, yeah, Miller. Miller. That one was shocking because he was on that 2021 team that seemed like a really tight-knit group, and he just transferred Cabello out. Cabello left. After Cabello, a yeah. But his sophomore year was disappointing. I think he was, he was a sophomore, but he was. Yeah, freshman year, he looked really good. Like he could be one of the best uh, yeah. guards in the Big Ten at some point. Uh, but uh, Baylor's like towards the end of, uh, like at the bottom of the, at the bottom of the Big Twelve yeah. standings. And is Scott Drew still there? I was just curious. Yeah. And yeah. Then, uh, some some breaking football news: Michigan State just got somebody out of the transfer portal out of Ohio State. Uh, the long snapper, Mason Arnold. So, Tuck coming. We got do you that. guys ever want to make field goals? <laughs> we do. We are clearly <laughs> prioritizing that now. I we, don't know if he was good all year, but, uh, like, there's definitely one field goal I remember from Ohio State, the most recent one. <laughs> I don't – I have no idea who um, – Well, long snappers are very important. Yeah. So, <laughs> now, that, now that we got – He's, he'll probably be the backup long snapper behind Hank Pepper. Hank Pepper got hurt, and the backup was real bad. But um, I was yeah. one, I was curious who uh, you were going to name, and I now, did not expect the long snapper to be the one. <laughs> now that we have that backup long snapper, I can safely say Tuck coming. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> CJ Stroud at Michigan State. No, 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 no. It was the long snapper. 
<laughs> right. Is he coming back? Is he going to NFL? Nope, he's going to Michigan State. That's that's really where you want to be these days. Uh, as a football player, you want to be in East Lansing. <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh, Michigan on the other side? That's right. Uh, Michigan had games against Penn State, Michigan State, and Iowa. All right. Michigan slayed the beast of the lion when at home, but things were murkier on the road. Far out in the uncharted cornfields of the unfashionable western spiral of the Midwest of the United States lies what is left of the underachieving, unregarded May sun. The team that put up an admiral defensive effort at their brother's home days before, but due to an atrocious offensive effort, had to look in the mirror and acknowledge that they let opportunities slip away. But we return to <laughs> the game against Mich- uh, Penn State, which was one of their two best games so far this season. Following their efforts against Maryland, they had another great game against Penn State. And Penn State fought back. They're a good team. Uh, they're ranked far ahead of them. And Ken Pond, number 41 versus Michigan's 57. I think, no, or Wisconsin 57, Michigan's 53. Yeah. But, yeah, still, even even at home, uh, I think Penn State might have been even favored. But the Wolverines scored 1.2 points per possession for the third time this season to outlast a 26-point night from Jalen Pickett. Pickett's real good, man. Mm-hmm. And they were letting him get his. He would get in um, – he'd win battles. Yeah. And instead of Michigan swarming him, they stayed on their man, so he couldn't kick it out for threes. And yeah. sometimes after he won battles, it would still rim out, and that's what a good defense does. Yeah. And he played all 40 minutes that night. And they needed him because they would go on 11-0 runs, Penn State, and get close, and then Michigan would fight back. And they just weren't having it. They played very well on both ends of the floor. Uh, it was a balanced night for Michigan. Uh, they played through Hunter Dickinson, 17 points and six boards. But you also had – uh, low-key good performances from guys like Doug McDaniel. Terrence Williams, the second, had a good night. I'm not always the big, biggest fan of his. Mm. I hate to put a college player on blast like that, but I kind of wish he was on the bench with Joey Baker, mm-hmm. who also had a good night. And then Terrence Reed Jr. came off and had a good night too. Yeah. Um, as he as By the way, as Reed grows, he's going to be a thorn in the side of a lot of other teams because he's just so big. It's hard to uh, play D on him without fouling. Yeah. Eight and nine for Terrence Williams. Uh, when when all of the other starters are in double figures, you don't really need that scoring. But yeah, to have eight points, nine rebounds, uh, and he was effective. Two, two or three from the field, one or two from three. Uh, there, there's just, reasons to like. Yeah, there's reasons to like him. Um, he definitely has skills. I I just feel like for whatever reason, the staff really likes him. I don't know if he's yeah. a good practice player or what, but uh, I don't know if he's still the best option there he definitely was last year but as uh will shatter who came in very raw uh gets better it looks more and more like he's the better option there and mm-hmm. that will come up in the iowa game he when didn't, I he didn't even play against penn state uh cheddar michigan kept the bench pretty short with uh only four guys coming off the bench and really uh reed and barnes combined for 10 minutes off the bench uh Jace and Baker had 18 and 10 minutes off the bench. And uh, like you said, Baker had a good game. He was three of six from three. Put a lot of faith in the, their starters. And there, this was a game of runs. And every time Penn State had a run, Michigan came back and answered with their own. And so they gave they gave the staff reason to trust them. Yeah. Um, and it was just a really good effort by Michigan. Actually going into that Michigan State game, I was a little worried that uh that my old up down theory where <laughs> you come off a really good game, are you going to be able to put together a second one? And that definitely was a factor. Yeah. Um uh, but I I mean I knew Michigan State had already played Penn State this year and I had heard your thoughts on Penn State. So I knew it would be a lot for Michigan. Uh, and uh, 
Michigan had their own 11-0 run. <laughs> I think they might have followed up uh, Penn State's 11-0 run with an 11-0 run. Of That's their always own. good when you can uh, erase a, a double-digit run from your opponent. <laughs> There's actually a really good screen cap I like from this game where uh, <laughs> uh, Hunter Dickinson is bloody, but he's just smiling because at that point Michigan was going on a run of their own. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was like blood, sweat, and tears at Chrysler <laughs> that night, and Michigan came away with the dub. Yeah. Penn State, uh, similar to Michigan State, they just got two guards that I really like in uh, Pickett and Lundy. And Pickett, uh, oh, Lundy was the other guy going for Penn State. He had 16 on 5 of 11 shooting. Four of those shots, uh, four of those made shots were three-pointers. So he he had a nice night. But, yeah, it sounds like they were just kind of letting Pickett get get his. Like and said. there was times it really felt like Michigan could put Penn State away and things, Penn State would just do stuff or things would go their way. Michigan's up 42 to 31 uh, heading into the, uh, it's almost halftime and uh, they're at the line and um, I forget who was shooting but they made their first one, missed their second one. Penn State gets the rebound. There's like almost no time left. Push it up the court to half court, shoot makes the three instead of 11 point deficit they have an eight point deficit yeah and there was a few things like that they make like just contested st- shots that shouldn't go in but on the other side michigan was playing so well they went into the halftime with zero turnovers that's crazy yep zero turnovers Yep. usually the first half is where you have at least for michigan state it's like that's where you have all the turnovers and then in the second half you have the adjustments and the, the tighter play oh just this year at least at times, because Michigan's been kind of inconsistent. But there's been times where they're like a team that just doesn't turn the ball over. And that was uh, that was something that beeline teams would do They because he really pushed it. And he wanted his point guards to have a lot of assists and not a lot of turnovers. Juwan came, and he wasn't necessarily like that wasn't as big of a priority. Uh, but this year, the team at times has really had uh, not a lot of turnovers. Yeah. Um, I'm, or at least in like a lot of the games, they've looked better. Um, they've been so inconsistent this year that I'm sure if you pulled up the Central Michigan game, maybe <laughs> like there, they definitely have a lot more. But it, de- it definitely doesn't seem as high of a priority for Juwan's teams. Like if you're trying to run certain sets and you turn the ball over, it's not something that he's going to be as irritated with as Beeline, who wanted yeah. a really clean offense. That's not the game I wanted to pull up. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to find a specific stat, and they're showing me Michigan and Penn State's game from last year. Okay, here we go. Classic. I was just curious how many turnovers. Michigan finished the game with three turnovers. Yeah. But it was a very clean game on both sides because Penn State Penn's only had eight. eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michigan won the def- the rebound thing, and they've really made rebounds have become paramount for them because they had a terrible effort against Central, and since then the staff has really uh, made that a priority. Also, something that's happened since the CMU game is Juwan's meeting with each player one on one on a regular basis, and. And I remember coming out of this Penn State game after the Maryland game, it really felt like Michigan turned a corner. And while there's definitely been things that have irritated me against uh, Michigan State and uh, Iowa, both road games, I still don't necessarily feel like this team has dropped off. I just think they look better at home, yeah. which a lot of teams do. And it and like you said, you feel like Wisconsin's a better team than Michigan. If Michigan and Wisconsin went head to head, they wouldn't. I wouldn't be scared of Wisconsin. No, I, I think Michigan has a chance against any team in the Big Ten other than Purdue. And I think if they take them on at home, they should be the favorite. Like other teams, I thought that might be might challenge Purdue a little bit. Like Ohio State, they've fallen off. Mm-hmm. But the other problem with the Big Ten is, I feel like on any given night, Michigan can lose to like. 13 or 14 yeah, teams. That's the thing. Like Nebraska we, we just saw could Minnesota get beat Ohio State, and I thought Ohio State was a good team. I think that actually um, says more about Ohio State than it does Minnesota. Yeah. But I think Minnesota might be the only truly brutal, brutally bad team in the Big Ten. Michigan sleep, slept walk through that game yeah. against Minnesota and still beat them. Uh, just peeking ahead, Michigan only plays Purdue one time, and it is at Chrysler. All right. I'm calling it now. Michigan Big Ten champs. <laughs> uh, that, that actually, that, that pleases me, though, actually. Yeah. Uh, 
West Lafayette. Not a fun place to be, at least not for Michigan State. No, it's not a fun place to be for anyone. It yeah. might be the worst campus in the Big Ten. <laughs> West Lafayette is gross. Um, let me get back to my notes. I went yeah. on a couple tangents there. You're like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> well, I also think Michigan did a good job closing out the game. Now, it hasn't always been pretty this year. Unfortunately, they didn't make a habit out of it. Because next we'll go to the Iowa game, a game in which they led almost the whole game, a game in which they lost, um, a game, though, that Father Michigan missed, Santa Ono, Michigan's new president, noticed Michigan's efforts and tweeted. <laughs> I loved your face. <laughs> First of all, I love that his name is Santa. Yep, uh, which is why he's Father Michigan, miss. Oh, I was like, what? what are they about? can't all be good jokes, Joe. <laughs> but he tweeted I was hoping it. some of them would be. <laughs> <laughs> but he tweeted, quoting the announcers, Jet Howard is smoking tonight. Truth. truth. And, yeah. <laughs> Dropping truth bombs over here. Um, And Jet Howard had an amazing game, and Michigan's offense did. And I actually thought the defense played well until late in the game. Um, because Iowa has a really good offense. And actually, the announcers were annoying me a bit because um, they were wondering if Michigan's offense could keep up with Iowa's. And I'm I'm like, Michigan has a pretty good offense, too. And Michigan's defense is better than Iowa's. So, like, even yeah. though Michigan's offense was looking really good, part of that is they're playing against a Fran McCaffrey defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, it might have been about, uh, was it 2020? But um, who was the who was the really good uh, Iowa? Garza? Yes, yeah. Michigan won like a track meet against Iowa. I think it was like ninety. That was yeah. I think it was, it was December of twenty nineteen when Garza had like fifty or something crazy. But like Michigan that. won. It, I think yeah. they won like one hundred three to ninety one or and something. And that was like uh, I was at that game. That was the intro to Luca Garza winning Big Ten Player of the Year that year. Mm-hmm. Look up what it was. So Michigan, uh, I was a very one-dimensional team. And speaking on that, I saw a tweet that just it just made me laugh so much. It's from Bry Mac on Twitter. Let's see. He tweeted, "Can there be a more jarring stylistic transition for a fan base than going from Iowa football to <laughs> Iowa basketball?" <laughs> That's really good. Uh, Garza had forty-four in that game back in December of twenty nineteen, well, but Michigan won one hundred and three to ninety-one. Yes, and I was at that game, and it's probably the highest scoring college basketball yeah. game I've ever been to in person. It's rare to see a Big Ten conference game have a team get to a hundred. Yes. That doesn't happen. Like, that just doesn't happen. And you don't see many uh, Big Ten teams score 91 in a conference play and lose. Yeah. Um, But uh, Terrence Williams had a rough game, and I'd like to see more Will Shutter. His plus minus was plus three, which led Michigan's team. So when he was on the court, Michigan scored three more points than the Iowa Mm -hmm. uh, team. And at plus three, he might have been the only one in the plus. He actually went out when Michigan was up 69 to 62. Nice. Michigan won the uh, race to 69. And that's what's and really I was important. dominated. Yeah. I would dominate from that point on. Um, a lot of times when you're the first team to 70 in college basketball, that usually indicates you're going to win. Yep. And Michigan led most of the game, but I was like kept fighting back. And it felt like late in the game when Michigan needed to get a couple stops or just needed to score every time out, they couldn't do it. I uh, did not like the body language in overtime. It felt like Iowa had won it. Um, it's going to stink for a while. They it's, need. It's similar to Michigan State's loss at Illinois because it's one that um, you could have won on the road, and it's hard. Letting one slip on the road sucks. It does. And, and think about this. If Michigan won that game, they'd be 4-1 in the Big Ten right now. Yeah. They'd be in second place a half game behind Purdue with a home game against Northwestern tomorrow, which should be tight, but Michigan's favored by three. Yeah. And it's just like – and Michigan was kind of hot, and now they have two losses in a row. I think if you win at Iowa, those good vibes continue. Yeah. Um, and I actually went to bed pissed that night. Like It, it bothered yeah. me. It wasn't that they lost on the road to Iowa. It was the way they lost. Yeah. And, uh, some good news. Blake Cor- Corum and Trevor Keegan are returning to – the football team, yep. uh, Turner and Green are going pro. You got Will Johnson at corner. Michigan needs a corner, I think, or they need uh, someone. They got to step some up. talented freshmen coming in. They do, and, um, and and you could always move Sanders still to 
corner. He played he played uh, the third corner at times where they had like yeah. a five DB set. But at that point, you're then I think Moten is the one you're counting on at safety, mm-hmm. and uh, he he had more poor plays than good plays last year. But he was someone they were high on when uh, when they uh, recruited him. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of things going on about NIL and coaches contracts and things about being said about the ad uh i expect some news to break in the next two or three days but just like stuff i've heard secondhand about ward manual this is all i have to say about that oh maybe you're making me do this you fat fucking miserable piece of shit (laughs) i don't want to dislike the ad but you know i kind of i he's making me not like him and my only thoughts once again are are you making me do this, you fat fucking miserable piece of shit? <laughs> I don't like War Manual either, but <laughs> for my own reasons. Yeah, uh, I'm refreshing now to see if there's any news about any coaches in particular. Uh, I know in years past we've had news break about Michigan's head football coach while we were on the air. I, I just I, – oh, sorry. I, I was just looking to what you were saying. Oh, no, it's all good. You remember a few years ago when there was – uh, oh, I remember that I, contract dispute about Harbaugh after the 2020 season. We were talking about uh, him po- probably moving on, and then we got news that uh, he signed. And I, I think some of the friction between him and Ward was uh, well, between Harbaugh and Ward is okay. If I do poorly and you cut my contract down, what when I do well, mm-hmm. bring it back. And I know there's a couple of issues. One with buyout. Yeah, uh, Ward just wants to make it really high. Two with NIL. Harbaugh's really been pushing for certain uh, NIL things, and it sounds like Ward shooting it down so much so that uh, the president that uh, I quoted earlier, Mr. Michigan's, yeah, uh, Michigan's president uh, Ward and Harbaugh apparently had a meeting, mm-hmm. and then and they tweeted about it. I remember yeah. hearing that. And then uh, it almost sounds like these like NFL meetings, besides the year where it really sounded like Michigan wanted them out. It's just a contract ploy. It's like Harbaugh's not oh, even yeah. like really why going. Would, to... Why would you not take the phone call or the interview at that point? You know, just to be but like, hey, like I have options. Sounds yeah. like he's going to them without like <laughs> without wanting to actually take them. And he actually hired an agent. He didn't have an official agent before. He pretty much right. had his lawyer act as his agent. And now he has one. And I think it's because he wants to get the contract he likes. And he wants to push for certain things like NIL and making transferring into Michigan easier. Because yeah. that's kind of bitten them a few times. Uh, I know Xavier Worthy, uh, as an incoming yeah. freshman, had an issue coming in. And then uh, on the basketball side, I'm sure Juwan's not happy that Terrence Shannon isn't playing for Michigan right now because oh, how yeah. different does that team look with him there? I don't like Illinois, but I'm pretty happy that Terrence Shannon is not in Michigan <laughs> for my own selfish reasons. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I feel comfortable saying that Michigan would be number two in the Big Ten right now if he was there because it just if, oh, yeah, if Jet Howard was still playing like that. Well, Jet Howard now doesn't have to take on the load as one of Michigan's one or two best players. Yeah. You can really let Buffkin and Doug not take on as big of a load and let the learning curve be easier there. Yeah, it, it just it would just would work so much better. Yeah. Um. But yeah, please rate, yeah. like, follow us on your social media platform of ch- of choice. <laughs> Mine is uh, Friendster. Um, it's the OG. Uh, well, uh, uh, our MySpace page needs some work. I, I think everyone's MySpace page needs work. <laughs> I hear that people who go there out of curiosity now say there's like just some kind of like error that comes up every time. Like it hasn't been updated or whatever. I, I never had a MySpace page, but now I kind of want to go exploring <laughs> MySpace. The, the, the one for like tweens around the same time, same time was like Zanga. And since I had some younger siblings, like... <laughs> Do you you are probably too young, so but I kind of want to pick your brain about this. Do you remember like Geo Cities? Can't say that I do. It was like the first like web page that like you could have for free and do whatever you want, and like it, you could use like clip art and stuff. And it's just re- it's really <laughs> terrible. It was bad then, but As looking back, twenty standards. Yeah, yeah by twenty twenty five years later, it's even worse. Um, but please, if you do like our show, leave a five-star review. That really helps the algorithm. I don't know how it works, but mm-hmm. somehow it just showcases that you listened and liked Yeah, we'd, our even, show. we'd even take a high four-star review. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> four and a half. Four and a half. We can right. round it up. 
uh 24 7 composite you know we'd like to be a five-star podcast <laughs> but not a five-star al belleville because those don't really they work never out, pan so. out right? no no matter where they go someone did a thing and they like chose like five players that have come out of belleville either it's a four or five star the last couple of years i can think of two already yeah i know two went to michigan state a bunch of them ended up at memphis and then do anything Barnett, yeah. <laughs> uh, also email us your thoughts about belleville high school football at the paul bunyan podcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com um and until next time thanks for listening thanks for listening to the paul bunyan podcast and make sure to check out far-ebar.com some new products on uh, farbar.com just dropped so make sure you go check him out uh, and you will not be disappointed he gets up he gets down and he gets fresh that's right